0: in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John Petro Show. Well, good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It is one. It's right now 12.06. 12.06. <clears throat> on this Tuesday, you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, remember you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Now, I also want to welcome in everyone Who is uh, tuning in with our uh, live stream that we do on Facebook? And folks, it's really um, amazing how popular the live stream, uh, as many of you know, has become. Please share that you are watching. I apologize yesterday. That was on, we had a small glitch. I want to thank the D man, Daniel DePietro, straighten that out for us today. But we are, um, we are once again, good afternoon to everybody that then enjoys the live stream that we do on our Facebook Live. Yesterday was an unusual day that we actually did the live stream. We did it live at noon, even though it was, <laughs> it was um, well, we had an audio problem, actually. So you could see me at noon live, but you couldn't, uh, unless you had the radio also going, hear me. But then we were live again uh, in the afternoon down where they had the vandalism. Uh, so many people are mentioning they didn't even know that the memorial was there. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, and then we were at the Press conference for the Nonviolence Institute uh, because of what happened in Baltimore. Governor McKee decides, hey, let's take advantage of it and have a press conference in Providence, where then they get up and say, uh, you know, white supremacy is the biggest problem facing Rhode Island and Providence right now, even though uh, basically all of the homicides in Providence, for the most part, 95% of the homicides are people of color committed by other people of color but you know far be it from Juan to try to they, they weren't taking questions at the press briefing it was more and again i i want to um cedric hutley of the the nonviolence institute that that's no reflection on him he does that work uh 24/7 and obviously, folks, the Providence police that are so dynamic, um, and are, are you know, have my support obviously, and they're fantastic. It's interesting. Um, and and also Attorney General Peter Nerona was there yesterday. I, I like the general. I know some people have soured on him and he's got a challenger and so forth, but he just does so many things that his predecessors, you know, never would have done. And I mean in a good way. Um his uh transparency. Uh, availability. Attorney General Peter Kilmartin was AWOL for eight years. You never saw the guy. And before that, it was Patrick Lynch, and there were a lot of shaky deals going on. So, I I, I think Attorney General Peter nerona I don't remember the last time we've had an Attorney General like this. It's been a very, very long time. So, I, I get it. It's in vogue. And in <clears throat> some of the drunk driving laws and so forth, I, I fully get that and i on board with that. But, but that said, and I also want to be very clear. You know, it's interesting. I was discussing this with someone. Um, as far as law enforcement and communicating with the media, I, I the, the best three that I deal with, in no particular order. But Providence, I, I just think by and large, Providence is the best communicating with, with the press. I can get someone from Providence Police to answer questions about crime or something that goes on. Literally twenty four seven. Now Warwick also does a very good job. Warwick last week they immediately put out about that bank robbery, and then as a result of that, you know the person was apprehended that day. So and the other one is Cranston is very very good. Don't get me wrong. Winsocket's been good. I've dealt with Winsocket. They're good. State police are okay, not great, a little late, very difficult to get anyone. The way Cranston, Warwick, Providence, I could literally get someone 24-7. Midnight, weekend, anything like that. The worst is Pawtucket. Pawtucket has a lot of crime. They're, they never talk to the media. They never, let me, let me change that. Pawtucket police, for whatever reason, they never communicate with the public. You know, forget about the, the media. Remember, the media, in a perfect world. If there were, you know, twenty people that lived in Pawtucket and there was an incident, the Pawtucket police could call all twenty people and say, "All right, come. We have an announcement. Talk directly to them." Obviously, there's there's thousands of people that live in Pawtucket. A lot of the violence in Pawtucket then borders into Providence and Central Falls. But but Pawtucket police, I, I am telling you, like, good luck trying to get any information. And and I don't think that will change. Unless there's a new mayor there. But as far as the police, the most I've ever heard the Pawtucket police communicate was when one of their officers was involved where he shot the youth when he was uh, off duty. That the anniversary of that is coming up next month. Um it was the off-duty officer Dolan. But and, and the and the chief was at Attorney General Peters Neurona's office and there was, you know, like the song Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide, there was nowhere to go other than communicate. But by and large, Pawtucket, I, I have no idea why they took that. But it is, you know, you see shell casings, you see police, you see streets uh, cut off and barriers and everything, and then it's like trying to pull teeth to try to get information on that. You know, was it a was it a murder? Should the public be looking for someone? Was this random? Was this a known person? That's different. If, it's, if you have uh, the crime of murder and you have, uh, you know, person A was looking for person B, they catch up with them and shoot them and kill them, then, you know, that's, that's one type of crime. I, I'm not absolving it, but it, it's far different than if it's like a robbery or random or various things like that. But Pawtucket police, I find, by and large, are... Are just I think they're the worst. I hate to say that, and if there are Pawtucket police, I know that follow this of the program. It's no reflection on them. It's far more a reflection on the mayor of Pawtucket and and uh, his administration and the chief of that matter. um You know, it, it's just, it, it, and I'll also say this: Massachusetts State Police are far better communicating than the Rhode Island State Police. You know, like yesterday the. The colonel of the state police was there. I was talking to different people. I will try to reach out to him. But a good example, and I know I'm off a little bit on a tangent on this Tuesday, May 17th at 1213. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. But um, just a couple weeks ago, when you had, uh, there was a situation in Westport. And then the suspect was uh, Massachusetts State Police. They were chasing the suspect through Rhode Island. And then ended up through Rhode Island. And then. Uh, they caught up to him right over the line in, in Connecticut. Massachusetts State Police were posting updates on on Twitter, I mean, which was remarkable. That's really communicating with the public. The Rhode Island State Police, they're still caught up in like, you know, here's, uh, well, again, you know, they, they do more of here's like some troopers delivering food to the homeless. You know, they just use it as like, they don't know how to use it, actually, as a PR tool. Um, I, I I think for whatever reason, law enforcement sometimes has been the hot behind the eight ball on how to uh, communicate effectively. Someone that does communicate effectively with the media is the mayor of Warwick. He uses the Warwick Facebook page. He communicates. He talks to the residents of Warwick. They see that he is interactive with them. He uses it very effectively. All right, folks, with that dissertation, this portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Listen, you hear me sing their praises. Stop by. There's a reason why they are Rhode Island's number one garden center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, family-run business. I think they are. There's a reason why they're considered Rhode Island's number one garden center. And they are a full scale nursery. Everything you need, let them help you make it happen. They make dreams happen. Hanging pots, 10 inch, 12 inch moss baskets, you know, whether it's a home or a business property, it just looks so much better when you have the proper, you know, whether it's landscaping or in that matter for hanging patients, pansies, marigold bags. Beautiful flowers that just, they bring it to life. They have a large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs. Tropical mandivillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom mulch are available. Pickup and delivery mulch, darky pine, black, hemlock, crushed stone. Full scale nursery gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. It's PR landscape materials and garden center. Excuse me. God bless me. Open every day. Look for them on Facebook. They run a good Facebook page. Well, folks, and again, good afternoon, everyone. It's 1216. It is one. It's actually a a big election day, not here, Uh, but in Pennsylvania. They have, boy, doesn't this sound nice? They have hotly contested primaries, GOP primaries for both governor, GOP and Senate. And that Senate race is really one to watch where you have um, President Trump was backing one candidate who then ran into problems. And then now that is the, the Republican primary for Senate. That is a seat that was held by Pat Toomey, grew up in Providence, attended LaSalle. Uh, he started, he was behind the Club for Growth. They were very instrumental, the Club for Growth, backing uh, former mayor steve laffey in his bid to unseat uh chafee in that in that 2006 republican primary that was a really remarkable primary the last time we had a hotly contested uh republican senate primary senate primary now and you know the thing about that that was so unfortunate is if that primary laffey chafee if that that was the only primary that day if that primary in 2006 had fallen on a more popular primary day, the the reason why that was significant for two reasons. Number one, Team Laffey was counting on that Matt Brown was in a primary against Sheldon Whitehouse. So it was a Democrat primary. Matt Brown's campaign fell apart. If Matt Brown's campaign had not fallen apart, a lot of Sheldon Whitehouse Democrat voters would have had to vote in that primary, probably for Sheldon Whitehouse against Matt Brown. But because Matt Brown's campaign collapsed, it allowed them to enter the Republican primary, where many independents and more Democrat voters voted for Chafee of Laffey. They wouldn't have been able to do that if matt brown had run to the finish line and and run a competitive race against senator sheldon whitehouse but it was the only primary that day and i mean in the entire country so the republican party was able to send in all these people on the ground they spent 4 i think it was 450,000 over they started arriving in Rhode Island on saturday and it was a 72 hour ground game saturday to tuesday or right around there uh, could have been Sunday, but anyhow, they rented every available vehicle. They delivered people to polls. They would had poll checkers at every poll. They would they literally delivered people to the polls. They would call people, "Hey, you know, this is uh, the Chafee campaign. This is the Republican Party. You are thinking of voting today? You are. Would you like a ride to the poll right now? You would. We have a car. Literally, look out the window. They're in front of your house. So now that is very extensive. Get out the vote. <clears throat> the only reason they were able to do that that no one talks about was because it was the only primary that day. And I mean the only primary in the country. And Rhode Island really needs to get away from that. Coming up, I think September 13th, Rhode Island once again, and, and wrongly, by the way, will be the only state having a primary on Tuesday, September 13th. Pennsylvania uh, Pennsylvania's today, North Carolina is today. That's another close watch. By the way, Pennsylvania also has the lieutenant governor who is running He's in a Democrat primary for Senate. On the Democrat side, the lieutenant governor, the guy had a stroke on Friday. He didn't announce it until Sunday. <clears throat> he was the front runner. He's the lieutenant governor. He's a big imposing guy, uh, Fetterman. He, if you've ever seen him, he campaigns in a hoodie and shorts. He calls himself just a dude. But it's, it's working. You know, that stuff isn't, that stuff can work. Uh, Glenn Youngkin was always in the red vest they become like a cartoon character they're always just in that outfit I don't think it's a bad thing President Trump is big on that always the Navy seat uh, excuse me suit white shirt and then you know red tie but anyhow um, so that and then also there is that Republican primary where you you have Dr. Oz but the Kathy Barnett who is the conservative choice, she has just bolted out of the, the box in the last two weeks of the campaign, and, and she could pull off the upset today. And then there's a third candidate, a uh, guy did very well, Wall Street hedge fund guy, and he also, I think he had worked in the, in the Bush White House. So closely contested, and, and, and that's, then they also have hotly contested Republican primary for governor. So Pennsylvania big primary day today. Um, the coverage tonight should be fantastic, and 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 North Carolina is one to watch because that Representative Madison Cawthorn he may go down in defeat. Uh, he was a rising star, but he's run into an awful lot of problems, uh, as you'd say, off the field. Uh, just with his own personal situation, he's he's run into a lot of problems. So now listen, I um, and by no one is talking about that. By the way, our primary should be in May or June. The Rhode Island primary, that's September 13th. It should be in June. You know, people check out in the summertime. It, it, They've almost admitted in the past it's done by design to give the Republican candidate a shorter window of time to get ready for the November election. But our primary is September 13th. And then the general, you know, you blink and it's. The first Tuesday in November. It's, it's, it's wrong. It should be changed. Um, I don't think it will be changed, but it should be changed. Now, I want to talk about this Channel 12 story in, uh, in just a moment. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show. Now, listen, it's spring. It's grill time. Memorial Day is coming. You want a new grill. You need a new grill. I want you to pop by Jay's. If you need any appliance, refrigerator, stove, oven, uh, dishwasher, Washing machine, dryer, any appliance, I am implore you to shop at Jay's Jay yes, Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5, Smithfield. You can call them at 401-949-7800. They've been in business since 1963. You're going to deal directly with the owner. It's Jay's Broadway Appliance, family-run, terrific, father and son, match or beat any package deal and they're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, Saturday and Sunday by appointment. But stop in, listen, shop local and support a local business, and their selection is incredible. Jay's, apostrophe, yes, Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 uh, in Smithfield. So pop in and see them. We're on Facebook, and the website is jsappliance.com. Now, I recognize, folks, again, good afternoon at 1223. Um, You're listening to the John DePetro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Two things. Number one, I did go to that press briefing yesterday and they mentioned, you know, we need to talk about Buffalo. We need to get into a situation of see something, say something. But they won't do it here. They won't do it in Rhode Island. You know, there was a shooting Sunday night right on Camp Street at the Billy Taylor Playground. The person shot won't cooperate with police. The people that are at the playground won't cooperate with police. Providence police have told me if they would ever get cooperation, they could solve half of the outstanding murders they have. So this whole business of, you know, that shooter in Buffalo, you know, see something, say something. Well, you know, as Donna Perry pointed out, uh, when you had the shooter in New York, those people cooperated. And then they were able to solve that, you know, the subway shooter that went online that wanted to kill white people. You know, the media that notice that kind of died down a little bit. But I just wish they would exercise that here as far as the see something, say something. But I want to um, just play for you. So I, and I want to be very clear. I'm, I'm not I don't want people to to misunderstand. I'm not trying to single someone out. Um, Channel 12, I I like the people at Channel 12. I respect the people at Channel 12. Um, Tonight, they're going to release, starting at 5 o'clock, they have partnered up with Roger Williams University. They're going to do a poll on the key races. They're doing the Democrat gubernatorial primary and also Congressional District 2. So they're going to release the results tonight at five. That's Ted White, uh, Tim White, Ted Nisi. Listen, I like those guys. I respect those guys. I just don't always understand why they, um, there's certain things they leave out of the news. And I've talked about this in the past. You had the situation with the man that was involved with the fatal hit and run. He killed that woman. He put, did an illegal U-turn on Union Avenue. He ran her over and left. And now, on the one hand, Channel Twelve to their credit, they were the only ones in the courtroom. So you know, as far as that, I give them credit for that. But then, on that occasion, th- there's a there's there's kind of a, a a a process or standard, I should say, that if if you're in media, if if you see an article in the newspaper, if there were Three people picture in the picture. Excuse me, they, you identify the people in the picture, right? Whether so, if you see, there's a picture of Governor McKee making an announcement. They'll say, and there's Governor McKee with Lieutenant Governor Matos and sometimes maybe unidentified woman or whoever that person is. So, so when they were doing this story on the the poor elderly woman, 76 years old, she was run down in Providence, and the driver did an illegal U-turn. And then he, he fled the scene. You see him standing there. You see his attorney, Kevin Bristow. This was the guy, the family was so upset he was sitting behind them in court. He's out on bail. And then there's this woman standing there. And the media never identifies who the woman is. So as we dug into the story, we learned that the woman was his English translator. But they never mentioned it in the story. So now... Channel 12 does the story. Providence Councilwoman admits to hit and run charge. I want to play you this story. And again, what I don't understand is, and and I'm curious about it. It would seem that there's a policy at Channel 12, I, I don't know how else to look at it, that they've decided for whatever reason that they don't identify when there's an individual in court who needs the assistance of a translator. But I come back to, I I just don't understand why you would leave that out. That's news, let alone in this story. This woman is on the Providence City Council, Carmen Castillo, admitted in court to a hit and run on Broad Street on the 4th of July last year. So let me just play this piece that that Channel 12 did on the Admitting to a hit-and-run crash from last summer. Or dying city councilwoman Carmen Castillo changed her plea in court this morning after reaching a deal with prosecutors. Target 12 investigator Steph Machado joins us now live in studio with the details.
1: Castillo has not said why she drove off from the scene of a crash last year, but today she admitted to being the driver. <laughs>
0: She's got a translator.
1: Yes. Providence City Councilwoman Carmen Castillo changing her plea Monday, admitting to hitting a car on Broad Street on the Fourth of July last summer and then taking off. The other driver told police at the time he was merging from the breakdown lane onto Broad Street when his car was rear-ended by a Honda CRV. The car then sideswiping his Toyota Camry as it took off. He managed to relay the plate number to police, who found the Honda was registered to Castillo. She was charged with leaving the scene of an accident, a misdemeanor. In court Monday. The the prosecutor read the facts of the case, and Castillo admitted to being the operator of that Honda. She did not speak further or explain why she took off that night. Councilman, can we ask you a couple questions? Outside court, Castillo declined to comment, but her attorney, Artin Kaloyan says she intends to remain in her city council seat and leadership position as council majority whip. Councilwoman Castillo, is happy to have this attorney and continue to
0: serve her community.
1: State law requires elected officials to resign when convicted of felonies. But with misdemeanors, as in this case, it's only required when the sentence is at least six months at the ACI, suspended or to serve. Castillo was sentenced to no jail time and a one-year filing, which means she has to stay out of trouble for a year and then her case will be dismissed. She was also ordered to pay $3,500 in restitution to the victim. And City Council President Johnny Igliozzi today stood by Castillo saying in a statement in part this afternoon she's a good person and a strong advocate for her neighborhood. I expect her to serve out her term and continue representing the hardworking families of South Providence. I'm Steph Machado, 12
0: News. Now, here's my question, folks. And again, I fully at 1230. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Hello to good afternoon. This is the noon report that we do. On uh, Facebook Live, for everyone that is tuned in. Listen, I'm not saying that she should go to the ACI and do, you know, life. What? Here's what I don't understand about Channel 12. Why would you omit that from the story? Now, as I was playing the audio, you can hear the woman whispering to her, the translator, in Spanish. And then, at first, she responds C to the judge, as in, si, señor, like that. She is a city council person. And, And let me just bring this full circle. All of these, that is the second high profile hit and run of someone in the news just in the past two weeks of the person that needed a translator in court. Therefore, here's where I tie it all together. Isn't it reasonable to think that the fact that they can't speak English leads to. Perhaps confusion on road signs. If you can't speak English, I am willing to venture a guess that they also can't, if they can't speak it, they can't read it. So I believe, you know, if if you go into that situation, and I don't even need to impose someone into that situation. My point is, for the life of me, I, I just, I, I'm drawing a blank as to why they, Channel 12... It, I am telling you, it's got to be the management. It has to be, and I'm tempted, you know, I, I never like to tell other news outlets how they should cover a story. But in this one, I, I'm legitimately curious because I, I think it, it, it comes into play um, to why the individual may have fled the scene or why there was an accident in the first place if maybe they can't read English. If you say someone needed, and let me be very clear about this, <clears throat> I you're an adult. If you're listening to this program right now on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM or at the website, or you're watching on Facebook Live, please share that you're watching. I, I'm going to assume you're an adult. We do have some younger people and children and families watch it as, as a result of that. Juan is obviously very careful with vocabulary. But you're an adult. You can hear the news and then discern and make your judgments as to whether or not you know that is something significant or not. Um, but what I don't understand is I, I want to be very clear I believe that if channel 12 said Castillo with the aid of an English translator, that in my world that is, that is not a racist statement and I, but I fully get there are people amongst us that they start screaming that if you say that, that that's racist, like what does that have to do with anything? I'm saying I think it does have something to do with something. If you're talking about in media, leaving things out, leaving things out of news stories. Um, Let's look at the shooter in Buffalo. A man went into a grocery store and shot and killed 10 people. OK, that did happen. But what's what's the, the most what are some of the important elements left out of the story that he was a white male that went with the intention to shoot and kill people of color? What, what if media left that out? I mean, I would argue and I think correctly, that's a very significant part of the story. That's what that, you know, that leads to the, the why. That leads to why he drove 200 miles, why he you know, wrote he was going to do that, why he would then be charged with a hate crime, why they're saying it's an act of terrorism. So he just didn't shoot anyone. There's even a report he saw a light-skinned white, I think, male cashier hiding, and he didn't shoot him. He apologized, oh, sorry, and then went on his way, you know, shooting. So that, my point is that's very significant. So I, I don't understand when media, what, what, why would you leave that out? It has to be this, this political correctness that somehow they think, and I think they're wrong, by the way. You know, we talk about, look up at what was going on up at Providence College. Number one, their head of security. In the fall of 2020, the head of security of Providence College was terminated. For putting out a a, a news bulletin for the campus for the students to say that a Spanish-speaking dark-skinned male attempted to rape one of the students was fired for that because the black students at Providence College were up. But that, how can you even say that? That's racist to describe that it was a dark-skinned male who spoke Spanish. That's racism. Blah, blah, blah. White supremacy is the biggest threat. Listen, there was a PC student that was almost rape when they said, you know, can you describe the suspect? Yeah, he was speaking Spanish and he looked either Latino or black. You had someone two weeks ago break into an apartment on Pembroke and climbed in through the window. I think at 3.30 in the morning, raped that poor young Johnson Wales student in her apartment. In her bed, And the first things that were out for the media was the police are looking for a suspect. They wouldn't even use the word male. And then when I used the word male, progressives and transgender active activists were saying, how dare you say the word male? It should be that a person raped that student. Listen, you want to catch the person or not? I went up there and what did we learn? We learned that it was you know, there was a Johnson Wales student said, oh, no, it's it's a Latino that they're looking for. And now the police have come out and they basically gave this very open ended description. You know, they, they went to, all right, five, nine hundred sixty pounds, was carrying a tiki torch. They had a video was wearing the clothes, the sneakers. Um, they, they basically came out and said it, it's not someone Asian. So and that person's still on the loose. I come back to. I just, I refuse to believe, folks, that anyone that describes it, uh, who a suspect is, someone that committed a crime. Law enforcement, we are in such dangerous territory that they're they're afraid to describe who it is that did it. So last week, when that guy, uh, white guy, or, you know, he appears to be white, but he robbed that bank right on Post Road in Warwick, in Appanock. As soon as the Warwick police sent that out, I posted it. I didn't say, well, I better not post this. As soon as we posted the photos, someone that works at the Department of Corrections, because the guy's done time, saw my page, saw the photos, like, wait a minute, I know who that is. And then the police were able to scoop him up that afternoon. Like, what are we talking about? If, if, I just don't understand where this is going, that we're not supposed to identify who, who committed the crime, right? If, 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 if someone who's Asian is attacked in New York, a, an Asian hate crime, and there was a lot of it, whatever the description is of that person, that's what that should go out. That is not racist. And those, see, here's what's happening, is the media, instead of trying to stand their ground. They cave. Okay, we won't give a description. Police are looking for a suspect that attacked an Asian person, and you know, made a comment. You ate, you know, whatever. Blank, blank, blank. Um, okay, then we like. What, what's the goal here? Is the goal to try to alert the public to try to catch the person, or is the goal to you, you know, you you can't listen to those groups. I mean, I, I don't listen to those groups. That's, that's moronic. Why should I not list the description of who the police are looking for? Who's, who's a rape suspect? You know what, folks? This is also how far it's going. They won't even use the word rape suspect anymore. Now it's a sexual assault suspect. But first degree sexual assault is penetration. But then we don't want to offend anyone and use the word rape anymore. Who, who is it that's being offended here? Who are you afraid of offending? We don't want to offend the black Latino community by saying that it was a rape and the police are searching for a black or Latino suspect. We don't want to offend those communities. So we're just going to say it was a sexual assault and it's just a suspect. We're really not comfortable using the word male. I I completely disagree with that, and I, I guess that's where I'm different than the rest of the media. But th- there's nothing racist to say that a Providence City Councilwoman needed the aid of a translator on a hit and run in front of the judge. Nope, we better not report that, that sounds racist. Wait, Whatever happened to just reporting the facts? Let the public decide. Let the public decide. Put out the news. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show on this Tuesday is brought by J. Perry Paving. You know what would improve your home would be a newly paved driveway. Maybe you've been thinking about getting your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving, provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, free estimate, Any project call them right now 401 732 1730 you know what why not get your driveway paved for your dad or your grandfather or your husband or your for father's day j perry paving 401 732 1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway j perry Paving, and no one is better to veterans than J Perry Paving. No one is better to veterans than J Perry Paving because once a month, they give away a free driveway paved for a veteran. That's right. So call them. Get get your, your the veteran you know. Get them involved in the monthly drawing. 401-732-1730. It's J Perry Paving. Folks, good afternoon at 1242. Again, we have uh, some new stories going up on the website later on uh, today. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch with me, I encourage you to visit the w- website, dePetro.com. If you want to support the show, you can go to our website and purchase something right in the shop at dePetro.com and dePetro.com. Proudly brought to you by the Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. You know, a Rhode Island tradition since 1977, whether it's lunch, or dinner or just drinks in the lounge. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed in West Warwick. Stop in and see them. They're fantastic. And there's a link on the website to Petro.com. So last hour, I thought Donna Perry was, you know, really brought her A game. I think she was 100% right. Um, Biden going up to uh, Buffalo today. I know why they want to say what it is of why they're going there but this is an administration just pouring gas on on the racial fire that's what it is um you know him going there this soon and p- politicizing this and they they want to make they want to make everything you know the their new plan the democrat party is they basically want a full scale race war Leading up to the midterms, because everything else is failing, as we talked about. Seventy recent poll: seventy-four percent of the country feel the country's headed in the wrong direction, which it is. Um, you know the the price. Uh, check your grocery bill from now when you go shopping to a year ago. It, it's ridiculous. It is. I mean, I'm not sure what we can do about it. The price of gas is is insane. This is sheer incompetence. The first thing Biden did was he he declared war on on oil on gas and you know so therefore it's more expensive to deliver everything and it's it's just ridiculous the way things are are going right now it it just is and so as they're about to get um <laughs> as they're about to be You know, just crushed in the midterms, which they should, which they should. Um, They've now just decided they they, the the word MAGA is now they want to make that that's a racist term. And the the media bias just can't be overestimated. I mean, you, you saw it as soon as you had the leak from the Supreme Court. Um, the first inclination of certain members of the media was go after former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, pin him down. Right? That's the get him on the record. Right? You know he's got to have a term. What? Are, who are you with? Do you want women go in the back alley? But you know that's the first thing they never talk about. Folks, notice at twelve forty-five, Biden's his approval ratings are on island or underwater. With all of the talk, Seth Magaziner, Dan McKee. Nelly Gorbea, Helena, folks, the media, local—they never talk about Biden. Never. They never talk about that. Ramondo—it's a disaster with her in the Biden administration. You know, they—they they, in the spring a year ago they knew about the supply chain problems. A year ago, they knew that with supply chain problems, and then if you hike the price of gas because then you go after the oil companies. And stop the drilling, gas is going to go up. Delivery trucks, the price of that is going to go up. Plus, you have delay in getting it there. They created this problem. Never hear that mentioned. I wasted my time at that gubernatorial forum a week ago on that Thursday. And not one time, the entire hour was the was the words President Biden mentioned. Now, one time in an hour, unimaginable. They mentioned President Trump. They like to talk about that. No mention of that in any way. So, um, but around the country, I, I believe when it comes to just, I don't know, we'll, we're going to find out where the polls are later today. I've heard that, Helena, folks, that's why, She's now suddenly going up on television because she's been living in a fantasy land, right? Floating around the side. I've heard she's in the single digits. And so they go into that. So, boom, they're going up on TV to try to stop the bleeding a little bit. In Buffalo, Biden condemns racism and mourns no victims. I'm going to play some of that. You know, they are completely fanning the flames on this whole thing. They are. And he and Harris, that's what it's going to be. I'll tell you, folks, where they're going with this at 1247. Hey, listen, we lived through this two years ago, right? Two years ago. <clears throat> they burned down the city of Pro- Providence. has still not recovered from the riots. When in doubt, inflame the mob. That's, that's the way they operate. When in doubt, inflame the mob. Now, um... What is this that someone is sending me? Why do I need to know this about? Um, I'm not exactly sure. But I'll get to the the bottom of it. I always, when someone sends me something right in the middle of the show, I assume it, it's got to be that we were attacked or it's breaking news. So I'm, I'm assuming that someone would not be just sending like some, um, just something that's like run of the mill. But anyhow, here is Biden. In America, evil will not win. This is him in uh, Buffalo just a short time ago. Jill and I bring you this message from deep in our nation's soul. In America, evil will not win, I promise you. Hate will not prevail. White supremacy will not have the last word. Listen, I, I can't explain enough how much, and I hate to say this, but the, the, the things have to be reworked. Things have to be reworked with, to me, with Department of Homeland Security, uh, the tech companies, social media. We, how many more times are we going to hear law enforcement say in talking about the 18-year-old psycho in New York that he slipped through the cracks? How, how many more times are we going to hear about that? <clears throat> Crime is an issue. Crime is an issue for everyone. Crime is, you know, when does this change? Uh, poor little Olivia Passeretti. What did we hear locally? He slipped through the cracks. He slipped through the cracks. You want to talk about how broken things are. Matt Dennison, 17 years old, killed by a Newport firefighter. Not until he was pulled off life support and died did they fire him from the Newport Fire Department. Ridiculous. Our children are under attack. Channel 12 did a good story last night. You know, it's not your imagination. What is going on? But, folks, see, here's the problem. When you start to expunge records and the criminal defense attorneys, if you really want to know what's going on at 1250, criminal defense attorneys run the Rhode Island State House. Criminal defense attorneys, you know, look at former AG Jeff Pine with all his knowledge. What does he do? He defends bottom of the barrel. He defends the lowest of the low. I get it. I can say he's entitled to a defense. You don't hear anyone try to change Rhode Island laws to make drunk driving laws stiffer. Not one. We don't. All we would have to do is mirror Connecticut. All we would have to do is mirror Connecticut. But the drunk driving attorneys control the Rhode Island Statehouse. The drunk driving attorneys are former speakers. Right? Matty Yellow. Uh, Harwood, Murphy, they control the Rhode Island Statehouse. So they keep our drunk driving laws lax so they know the back door how to get their clients out of it. Rhode Island, boom, in the blink of an eye, McKee, Sakachi, Dominic Ruggiero could sit in a room and say, boom, through executive order. Governor McKee could say through executive order. Our Rhode Island drunk driving law now matches Connecticut. Connecticut is in the top ten in the United States. Now, if we really wanted to, Rhode Island could say we're going to be in the top five. But they won't do it. And conversely, when the criminal defense attorneys control things, you have this situation now where, I don't know how else to describe it, but sexual predators, of course, they're going to be in the ranks of teachers, You know, uh, down the dial. How is it possible you still have an enabler? There's no other way to describe Pork Boy. He is an enabler of predators. He allows the head of the teachers union to come on and they won't outlaw that. You know, it's it's ludicrous that teachers in Rhode Island can have sex with a student who's 14 years old. Obscene. Absurd, of course it is. But the teacher unions are too powerful. They won't let them change it. And they have allies in the media. They do. You don't see a lot written about that. I do want to give credit to Channel 12 for even doing the story about that. You know, and again, look at Pork Boy, naked fat tests. What was his comment? Oh, you know, so he had an unorthodox talking about the coach there. When you have enablers You know, silence is compliance. When you have a battle, if there are people that are silent, the oppressor, it works to their favor. So people that say, I'm staying out of it. If the teachers unions don't want it against the law that a teacher can have sex with a student who's 14 or 15, I'm going to just stay out of it. Well, then you're helping them because you're certainly not helping the children. Of course, it should be against the law. Coaches, teachers having sexual relations with their students, with their players. And the Rhode Island Teachers Union and their allies in the media block it. Block trying to change the law. But see, when you have this such an effort to expunge records up there, always want to expunge the records. And I also want to remind people, you know, part of it is, you know, the, the expression people you deserve You deserve the government and the leaders that you get. And Peter Kilmartin, that useless attorney general, he was attorney general for eight years. He won. He had challengers. He didn't have to be. Where were all these people? Were they voting for him? Were they allowing him to get into office? He didn't do anything in eight years. Patrick Lynch before that. You know, you add that up, that's 16 years of people allowing drunk drivers on the road. Governor McKee, what has Governor McKee done to combat drunk driving? Zero. Rhode Island's about to have a surplus of $1 billion. You know what that means? That's our money. That means we're overtaxed. As Donna Perry mentioned, Governor Baker's talking about tax cuts in Massachusetts. In Rhode Island, you have members of the media well, maybe now, with that 1000000000 billion, they'll finally do something to solve the homeless problem. Wrong! That's our money. You know what they do? When they get our money, they love to spend it. This is insanity, what is happening right now. And no one is speaking up about it. The homeless problem. Give me a break. L.A. has 65,000 homeless. That's a homeless problem. We have... A small number of people, relatively small, who don't want to work and pay rent. That's what we have. Ridiculous. Yeah, okay. I demand free housing for the winter. Now it's I demand free housing for the spring. Now it's I demand free housing for the summer. See the pattern there? They don't work and they don't want to pay rent. But they're demanding free housing because housing is human right. Members of the media are saying that we should take 1 billion to help who the So more people will quit their job and just live off state benefits. When is the state going to realize, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to attract all these deadbeats into the state. Yeah, let's have more welfare benefits. And you attract more deadbeats, more people that want to live on welfare. Remember in Rhode Island, they never kick anyone off welfare. Oh, we're not supposed to say that anymore. EBT cards, government assistance, layabouts. Wrong. Gold brickers. You know, and they're protesting at the state. This is wrong. Those people had free housing for the winter. Now we demand they get free housing for the spring and the summer. Gee, why don't they get a blanking job? I still see help on it ads. But they, you have a member of the media. Maybe now with that one billion, one billion billion, $1 billion surplus. That's our blanking money. See, it's not even in McKee's brain to give it back. We are overtaxed. This is you hand them a 20 and they're not giving you change back. And there's no one even advocating for it up there. That's why they give out all these bonuses. Here's what I know about the Den of Thieves, the Rhode Island State House. If you give them money, they'll find a way to spend it. There's nothing. And what are they going to do? Ripta is no longer going to run buses to the beaches. Oh, okay. Gee, thanks a lot, Ripta. Yeah, no money for that. Everything is buying blanking votes. Everything is bonuses to state workers. Everything is, yeah, $3,000 to judges with a lifetime appointment to the bench. We'll call it retention bonuses. But look at our members of the media. Maybe now we're going to solve the housing crisis. Maybe now we're going to solve the homeless problem. Maybe now you're going to start telling people, don't pay your rent. We'll pay your rent. You don't work. You don't pay rent. You don't hold down a job. We'll take care of everything. You have enablers. You have enablers in the media who won't even print the word tax cuts. That's a Trump thing. That's hateful. That tax cut, that's racist. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Heating and cooling. Call them today in Rhode Island for propane delivery to your home of business. 401-885-4209. 401-885-4209. Propane Plus in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The original, the best. Their team has been there for three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to keep serving you for a long time. They offer online billing, schedule your service delivery at the click of a button, and all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. Call them today. Folks, in Rhode Island, call them 401-885-4209 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 50, 508-252-3359, online at propaneplus.com. Here's what we're going to do. It's John DePietro, 1259. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Next hour, I have a lot more sound to go. Next hour is radio only. You can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen at the website, which is Depetro.com. We're going to be back on the other side. The power hour is next. Stay tuned right here on The John DePietro Show.